Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, we continue our look with Josh Davis into how you and I can thrive during the current rise of globalism. Prophecy in the News Live, our in-person conference, is coming to the Tri-Cities, Tennessee, Virginia area, Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, featuring Bill Federer, Greg Patton, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Micah Van Huss, Larry Stamm, Josh Davis, Mark Lindstead, and Clayton Van Huss. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed, biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Call 1-800-652-1144 or visit the events page at swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but seating is limited. Don't be left behind. Make sure you register today. 1-800-652-1144. Now, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargibino and staff evangelist Josh Davis. Dear friends, God has really been blessing Southwest Radio Ministries. We've been expanding our ministry. We want to serve you better. You, the listener, you're in our mind, and God is helping us do that. We're just expanding the kind of programs we have, the qualifications of uh, staff people who are writing on a variety of cutting-edge topics. I think it's so important. And one of our newer members on the team is Josh Davis. He is on the air regularly. He has spoken in our conferences, and he is a first-rate writer on prophetic themes and on other themes, devotional-type themes. And I think Josh is a real blessing. So we're doing a series of interviews with him this week. His new book is titled Rise of the One World Mind, How to Survive Under the Threat of Globalism. Thank you so much, Josh, for your book and for these interviews. Well, thank you, Pastor Larry. The privilege is truly mine to get to be with you and spend this time together with you and with our dear listening audience. Well, Josh, you spend a chapter discussing the rise of artificial intelligence. How can AI be used in the biblical end-time scenario? Yeah, AI is just an infant right now, Pastor Larry. People are concerned, and I know you have shared some of your own concerns through our Prophetic Observer and other outlets in expressing that, whether it be the headlines from the End Times videos that you and Marvin put together or whatever it may be. And we are seeing the emergence of great possibilities and great, wonderful, positive outcomes, but also some scary and some potentially very negative, very harmful kinds of situations that could happen with the emerging AI technologies that we see in our world today. Even some of the people who have developed AI are warning against how it can be used against humanity and used to hurt people and hurt their lives. We have AI art, you have AI audio. Many people think about things like chat GPT, that AI platform that is a text generator. You just put in a few command codes. Give me a thousand word essay about Benjamin Franklin. And out it spits this historic, well-written, 
kind of 1,000-word essay for you, and it becomes almost a shortcut for many of the things that we do. Now, perhaps it could be used in some great ways, but I see it as having some really potential downfalls. But we see that in the Bible, it talks about in Revelation 13, talking about what we ended with on yesterday's program, the one world system of worship, the one world religion that will emerge. It talks about how that the false prophet raises up this image of the beast. And could that image of the beast that can speak and it seems to be alive now, even in the Great Tribulation, that image of the beast that can speak and and the various things as it's described in Revelation 13, that's going to be emerging technology. When it comes onto the scene, everyone's going to be flabbergasted at this new technology. So it's going to be something that we don't even have right now, but I think that AI could be a component of that. It could be some future adaptation of AI technology or some future application of AI that we haven't explored quite yet or brought into the public eye quite yet. And so we see that it could be involved in that. And it talks about how that the beast in Revelation 13 will make it to where all that do not receive the mark of the beast will be killed. And I think that killing could be active or it could be passive. What do I mean by that? I mean, the active killing would be that it's causing people to be hunted down and to be killed on the spot, but it could be a passive killing, whereas it's cutting people off to the economy, it's cutting people off from access to any kind of resources, it's tracking where people are, and we have video cameras that you can buy for your house right now, Pastor Larry, that utilize AI technology. It recognizes people's face as they're approaching. And if that person's face is in a database, it'll tell you who they are and where they are. I know this sounds like Big Brother. Again, it sounds like some kind of dystopian novel. But this is the way our world is moving. And even police are having debates on how they should use this kind of technology. They said, if we had a database of people's facial recognition and we've got them on a camera somewhere and we recognize that's them, we can apprehend them a lot quicker. We can identify who committed that crime a lot quicker. And you see some of our cities today that are overrun with theft, and they're just throwing up their hands. They're just saying, there's nothing we can do to stop it. Let's let these looters in. Let's let these thieves come in and steal hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. Seems to be no repercussions. Well, I think law enforcement isn't going to sit by very long, and we're going to see a push towards this kind of a system To where, again, the good promise, the shiny promise that people will latch on to is that look at how this can help law enforcement. If everybody's facial recognition is in a centralized database, every single person on planet Earth is in this database, then we can recognize who's coming across what border, who's entering what country, who's entering what store, who's doing these things. And the police can recognize that right away, can apprehend that person, can arrest them, and it'll help dissolve crime. Again, this is laying the groundwork for the messaging that will be used to sell this to the public. But then, of course, during the end times biblical scenario, the Antichrist will come in and will totally flip the script on how this technology is used. And so some people are warning, are we opening Pandora's box? by allowing this emergence of AI technology. 
Well, yes, it is a Pandora's box with a lot of snakes on the inside. Josh, what are some of the potential dangers with AI technology? I know you go into that in a great deal of, of detail, and maybe you can just kind of blow up the picture a little bit so we can see a little more clearly. Yes, and I was speaking about some of that, but I go in, into the book in a lot more detail about those kinds of things. One of the things that people are right now warning about with AI, not just for the future end times, but right here, right now kind of warnings, is, you know, when I was a student, I went to school in the early to mid-90s and graduated high school in 2002. I know that dates me, but uh, that's okay. People can know how old I am. It's not some big secret to me. But my teachers in math class told us all the time, do not use a calculator. Do not use a calculator. I said, well, we can get the problem accomplished so much quicker, so much easier, and have it right and know that it's right if we just use a calculator. And it used to frustrate me to no end that they wouldn't let us use a calculator. But now I can see the wisdom and why they made that decision. They wanted us to be able to understand how to do that problem on our own, right. how to solve right. that in our minds and how to think through how math is put together and how math works. But now, with AI coming onto the scene, especially like ChatGPT and some of these tools, that's caused colleges, universities, and high school, middle school, elementary schools to really panic almost and say, how are we going to combat this? Students are just going to be cheating. They're going to write PhD dissertations with the use of AI in about one hour versus knowing how to do the research, actually going and doing the research themselves and writing it out, learning how to use language, learning how to develop a story, learning how to communicate clearly. So I'm afraid in the short term that AI is going to be used to dumb down the minds of the people in our world even further. And so that's yeah. why Part of the reason that people will be so gullible during the end times is because they're not going to learn how to think for themselves. They're going to learn how to use AI and some of these tools to shortcut what they need to learn in their education. But it's not just education with school. There's so many other problems with that. When AI image generators first came out, they were sharing some humorous pictures, and you can have some fun with this kind of stuff. But you know, they had the Pope in a very expensive puffer jacket, and they had a Pope riding a motorcycle. They had an image of Donald Trump being thrown down on the ground while he was still president, being arrested by some police group, the FBI or Secret Service or somebody, having him down on the ground in handcuffs. And people thought that these were real images. Did you see the Pope riding right. a motorcycle through the city? And then they came out and said, no, no, no. That's an AI image that didn't really happen. So people's, people are going to see things online that are not true. And you talk about the explosion of fake news. And you talk about the explosion of these kinds of things. There's some immediate real world right now kinds of issues with artificial intelligence that we need to open our eyes to. Yes, we can use it in good ways. It can be very harmful. And Pastor Larry, I think it can be very harmful to the church. You know, we're seeing an emergence yes. of the church using artificial intelligence to preach and prepare sermons. And for any pastor who does that, I serve as a pastor. I know you do as well. And I have a genuine heart, and I know you do too, Pastor Larry. 
to understand the Scriptures, to rightly divide God's Word, and when preachers are relying on AI to develop their sermons as a shortcut, they're really hurting themselves, and they're hurting the people from understanding what God's Word says. And so we've got to be very careful of this emerging technology, especially the impacts that it can have on the church and on our education, on people's ability to think clearly and to think cognitively about these kinds of issues that we have, whether that be writing, whether that be math, whether that be religion. The ability for people to reason, I think, can be under attack due to the emerging AI technology. If we do not handle it carefully and handle it in the right way. Amen to that. Well, friends, I was privileged to write the foreword of Josh Davis's new book, Rise of the One World Mind, How to Survive Under the Threat of Globalism. Call our watch line for your own copy, 1-800-652-1144. This is great reading that will inform you, but it will also inspire you and give you some, some strategies regarding how to thrive under the threat of globalism. You'll learn how to survive, how to thrive, and all important information to help you be a victorious Christian, to engage the culture, to make a difference in our world. Our toll-free number is 1-800-652-1144. Josh, you have a chapter called Curing Malignant Narcissism. That sounds like a nasty virus. What's a malignant narcissism? Why does it need to be cured? Well, Pastor Larry, this is where the book really turns. Uh, This chapter does explore some more of the negative side of things, but it begins to turn to the solutions, to the answers that we need. And so I look at this book, excuse me, this chapter as being like a hinge to this whole book. And really, I think that this encapsulates the answers that many people are looking for in this chapter. I really unpack and I walk through a very important chapter in the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 3 in this chapter, and it begins this way, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, it doesn't stop there. It explains why those perilous times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And so that brings us back to that curious title, Curing Malignant Narcissism. Narcissism is just a self-centered approach to life. It's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I need, my dreams, my plans, my way, getting my life done the way I want to do it. And so that's what narcissism is. But malignant talks about cancerous spread. So it's not just one individual that has this mindset, but it's really pervading our entire world. Our world is moving in a much more selfish direction than we ever had before. So in these previous chapters, Pastor Larry, we've been talking about global issues. We're talking about AI, one world government, one world economy, one world religion, and that's big picture things. In this chapter, I really explore what's going on in the individual, in the human heart, in the human mind that's leading us to go in this way. And I think that's the way the world is going to change, Pastor Larry, is when each individual stands up, opens their eyes to what's happening around them, understands how they have gotten sucked into this mindset, and then they see the solutions that's offered in God's Word 
In particular, in this chapter, the solutions are given for us right there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 to help us to find the way out of these issues that we're experiencing. And so we see this messaging of look within yourself. You have the power to accomplish your dreams. Choose you. And when we buy into that messaging, we create a new false God. And I'm convinced that the number one quote-unquote God in America today is self. We do what we want to do when we want to do it. We don't like it when people tell us we're wrong because we decided that we're right. We want to pursue our desires. We want to pursue our dreams, and we want to find what makes us happy. And so the result of that humanistic worship is narcissism. It's a selfish, me-first mindset. And I think it's the perfume of choice for the world today. Its scent is noticeable to everyone around us. I'm sure many of the listeners have heard the phrase, nose blind. You know, it's when you're around something that smells bad or just has a certain particular smell to it and your nose gets used to it and your nose adapts to it and you sort of just ignore it. You don't smell it anymore. I think that a lot of times we've become nose blind to the narcissism that's prevalent in our own hearts, and that's what's causing it to reach pandemic proportions. And so the phrase malignant simply refers to the fast-spreading nature of this worldview virus that's attacking us individually. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, who wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tries to wake up our noses from this blindness, and he reveals to us the ingredients of malignant narcissism. And in the book, I unpack that, and I think that's step number one. We have to recognize error. You can't move to healing. You can't move to wholeness until you first recognize that something is wrong, something is missing, something's off. And so the Apostle Paul wakes up our nose to this nose blindness and helps us to smell the stench of the error of our ways. Why will difficult times come in the last days? He begins, as he explains, men shall be lovers of their own self. And then he launches into exploring all these other characteristics that will accompany that. I unpack those one by one in the book. I'm not going to take the time with you today, Pastor Larry, to discuss all that because I want to move to some of the other steps that he mentions to provide a solution. But he's telling us that in this temple of self is where we have come to worship, and we need to wake up and realize the terrible way. And so as he moves towards the cure in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we understand that step one is recognizing that error, but step two is discovering truth. The wonderful, beautiful promise, Pastor Larry, is that God won't stand idly by while idolatry floods our hearts, our homes, our churches, our world. And that's one consistent theme throughout all of Scripture. God always confronts the false gods. He always exposes them for the cheap imitations that they are. And after he exposes the fakes, his goodness, his greatness glimmer like the noonday sun. And we see that all throughout Scripture. I unpack that for the readers in this book, Rise of the One World Mind. And so he goes on to not just say that step, but he goes on to tell us to follow godly examples. Step number three, follow godly examples. And he talks about his doctrine, his manner of life, his purpose, his faith, his long-suffering, his charity, his patience the persecutions and afflictions that he endured, 
in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Step number four is to continue faithfully. You know, when it comes to talking about biblical end times, many people like to point to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and they stop there. They don't read on to the next yes. verse, but that's part of the solution. He tells him in verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So we have an important job to do in these perilous times. It's not the time to shirk back in the shadows. It's not the time to withdraw from the world. It's a time to continue faithfully in what God has called us to do. And the last step, step number five, is to stand on God's Word. One of the best-known verses from this chapter, from this book, and perhaps from the entire New Testament is 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we quote that Scripture, but how often do we understand it in its context of helping us to walk through these perilous times that we live in? God gave us His Word to guide us safely through the murky waters that we're faced with today. And so God has provided the solutions that we need, and I unpack all of that in the book in greater detail. Well, I know one of the really important passages when we speak about narcissism is Luke 14, 26 and 27, where Jesus says, If any man come to me and hate not his father, now that means to love less, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. And then Jesus says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross, which is an instrument of death, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. One of the things I I love about Jesus is he, he never makes it easy. He always tells the truth. You know, we Sometimes uh, when I say we, I don't mean you you and I, but quite often on TV and so on and so forth, uh, you know, the idea is, well, follow Jesus and life will be easy and you'll be happy, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and very confused, actually. But Jesus always lays it on us and he gives us the truth. And if we're preaching the word of God, we must be faithful and we must be very, very careful how we invite people to the Lord. We must do it the way the Lord Jesus Christ did it. What do you think is the uh, perhaps one of the most dangerous ways that pastors today and preachers, even in revival services or preachers in conferences, give the wrong idea about what it means to follow Jesus? I know you've uh, written an excellent book on fake Jesus. Give us one example. I think we've got about three minutes, and then we'll close out. Yeah, well, Pastor Larry, I think one of the big dangers today is the authority of Scripture, and that's always been a a strident area of debate, and people are arguing over the authority of Scripture. And we see that impacting our world today, especially when it comes to deconstruction of people's faith. And that's why we've got to stand faithfully on God's Word. And that's why I spend a lot of time in this chapter on malignant narcissism, pointing us to the standard that we have, which is God's Word, that Scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. And when people begin to doubt or to question the authority of Scripture, it does open Pandora's box to all kinds of false teachings, false doctrines, and that can creep into the church and lead people astray. 
And really, that's part of Paul's warning in 2 Timothy to Timothy, this young preacher, that you need to beware because there's going to come people into the church, false teachers, and that are going to try to deceive people. And they're going to be using these kinds of methods, these kinds of arguments to deceive people from following after the truth. And the Bible says that during the end times, there's going to be a strong delusion. People won't understand, and they won't be able to discern or reason correctly. And, And sadly, in many churches today, people are falling for all kinds of terrible theological arguments. People don't know how to think biblically about these terms. And I think it goes back into the pulpits. I don't think pastors are being trained adequately in how to properly understand and interpret and rightly divide God's Word. And it's having enormous repercussions in our churches today. Unfortunately, discipleship, growing in God's Word, being rooted and grounded in God's Word, is oftentimes taking a back seat in our local churches to other things that are seen as more important to the life of the church than really getting in to God's Word. Oh, you're going to have another Bible study? Come on, that's so boring. What do you mean talking about the Bible? (laughs) Come on, there's got to be better things that we can spend our time on. So I think that as pastors, we have to understand God's Word and be truly committed to that and rightly divide it so that people will be able to be aware of the kinds of things that's happening in our world around us. Amen. Well, Josh, we're hard up against the clock and just about out of time for this interview. We're going to have you back for one more show. I want to invite our listeners to tune in to their Watchman on the Wall broadcast of Southwest Radio Ministries. The true church has the light of life this searching world desperately needs. Will we succumb to the one world mind or stand out as a beacon of light in the darkness? Be encouraged with a keen analysis of the problem and biblical solutions that will give us the needed answers in Josh Davis's brand new book entitled Rise of the One World Mind. This is not the time to go into hiding. Rather, this is the time to stand boldly upon God's truth. Some of the solutions offered in Rise of the One World Mind include understanding how the one world mindset is truly rising, being able to discover God's blueprint for conquering this mindset in your personal life, being ready for eternity, being equipped for the battle, standing strong as a faithful watchman on the wall, and focusing on Jesus. Rise of the One World Mind is an excellent resource for Sunday school classes, small groups, and your personal study. Rise of the One World Mind by Josh Davis. Order your copy today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Order your copy of Rise of the One World Mind and be informed and encouraged. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. More encouragement from Josh Davis on how to truly thrive under the threat of globalism is coming up on tomorrow's program. Order your copy of Rise of the One World Mind and be informed. Be encouraged. Order today. 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order at our website, swrc.com. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, 
swrc.com.